Welcome to an all-new episode of Colorful Lies presented by State Farm. This season, we're focusing on the things that we wish we knew before major life events. In this week's episode, we're going to dig into the things that you should know before renovating your home. So, what does home mean to you guys? I'm curious. (laughs) You know, I travel a lot, so I used to always joke that home is where the Wi-Fi connects automatically. (laughs) But um, now that I'm trying to be home more, I think... It really just for me, home is about peace of mind. Mm -hmm. You know, I was like, I've worked really hard to live where I want to live. I obviously like I rent. I don't own. But I really like my apartment. Yeah. And I'm very proud of what living in my apartment means to me. You know, I'm like, I, I just I I love it. And so I want it to be a place, especially living in New York. My dream of home is that anytime I open my door, that's the only place I want to be right now. Oh, wow. I like that. Yeah, it's like my safe space. And the thing about my house is, and I've owned my house now for, it'll be six years next year. So Mm -hmm. in April. So it was a great investment because home to me is also... I hope this is appreciating in value because I think about those (laughs) things all the time. Hope this is making me money. Yeah, I do. (laughs) And it's also... Like when I come home, I can't stand for my house to be a mess, especially because I have long days and I also travel a lot. So it really bothers me. Like I can't even get in my bed if there's like messes everywhere. So I always have to at least straighten up a little bit before I can even relax. So you don't just like, I'm get to it the next day. I'm not going to get to it. No, never. No, especially when you go on a trip. I mm-hmm. always make sure that my I house is tip top shape before yeah. I leave. And I only clean up before I leave because I know I'm not going to want to when I get home. Yeah. So. It's also a place for me where there's never any food in the fridge. <laughs> With lots of leftover takeout cartons. But in my head, what my home would, I would like it to be is a place where I actually like go home and cook and relax. I'm just not there enough and I would love to be there more. Yeah. And I know I'm, Home for me is interesting because I think I shared before I'm a military brat. Mm -hmm. And so when you're a military kid, you're so used to picking up and moving around. And I replicated that for so much of my adult life. I think at one point I lived in five different cities in a three-year time span. Yeah. That would drive me crazy. That's me. Yeah. I was moving around a lot. But now... I don't know. I think because I'm in that weird transition phase of like what... Growing up in the South, you know, you buy your house, you know, so I'm the one in my family and everybody's looking at me like, why are you wasting money by renting? But I just haven't found a good deal yet that I'm ready to, that I love. And I know, Angie, you always say like, this doesn't have to be your forever home. This is your starter. Home. <laughs> she just said that to me I right did. before I we started did. today. No, I don't, but I'm, that's interesting. I like home is where the Wi-Fi connects automatically, but that's a lot of places for me. That's my yeah. co-working yeah. space. That's definitely yeah. my home. It's yeah. my job. But I, you know, I think also like as you, you know, it's probably like a, you, for us at least, it's like we're getting older, we're getting more settled in all these other areas of life. And so having a place that's just consistent that you can go to all the time where you can have peace of mind, you know, because I think also a lot about the fact that I'm just throwing money away and rent. But I think that that doesn't mean that I'm not proud of the ownership of my like Mm -hmm. rental space. Right. I was like, it's about that kind of pride. And I think that it also represents a kind of taking care of yourself, Mm -hmm. you know, and I'm like, okay, I was like, work is going well. I figured that out over the years, like everything else is going well. I should invest deeply in how I, you know, like how the comfort that I have at home. Well, I'm excited to look for houses with you. Listen. And I definitely sent her listings. Y'all gotta FaceTime me. FaceTime <laughs> me in. And Angela sent me a link and she was like, you know, she My was like, My friend is selling a place. And I do think a lot of times the way that we'll get something is 
by relationships. Yeah, definitely. Mm-hmm. Getting you know, things that aren't even mm-hmm. on know, the market that everyone else isn't. So it's, it's a matter of talking to people, letting people know I'm looking for a home and putting the word out there. Mm-hmm. I think that's important. And I always say this too, looking even if you're not ready to buy yet, mm-hmm. because it is going to take a while to find a place that you think is great. And maybe something will come up that you'll make it happen because it's so amazing mm-hmm. that why would I wait on this? I have to figure it out. Sometimes the way we move best is when our back is against the wall and we have to figure it out. You know, I'm I'm really going to take that to heart, what you're saying about looking even if you're not ready, because I think that in my my head, a big block for me is all my paperwork is not together. All my money is not together. All my, you know, like it's just, it's so much stress. And also I hear people say starter home all the time. And I think I understand what that means, Mm -hmm. but I think it's also such a deeply personal relationship, you know, because like for me, I, I support my family a lot. And so having my cash tied into like a big investment is something that it's a little bit scary, but also like you, I moved a lot as a kid. And so the idea of just like, I own this ginormous thing. And now it means I'm here. I think that I have a lot of emotional work to do, I think I do about too, untangling yeah. what home ownership means versus my own feelings about it. Well, my realtor helped me a lot. And you know, your first home doesn't have to be your dream home, as I've told <laughs> you guys. And I will say that, but I learned that from my real estate agent. into a home. doesn't have to be my dream home. doesn't have to be my dream home. <laughs> it doesn't. I'm going to be chanting that to myself. But it also can be, like, when I bought my house, my realtor said that to me because I was looking at properties and I was like, I don't know about this one. I don't know about this one. And she said, Angela, this is your first home. Not the home that you have to have for the rest of your life. Yeah. But this is your first home. And she also said you'll have a feeling when you find a place that you really like. You'll feel like it feels good when you come in. And if you don't feel that, then don't do it. So that's why the phrase starter home does exist for a reason. And I looked at it like this because I'm also really cautious with my money. Mm -hmm. When I bought my house, it's a two-family house. Mm -hmm. So it's also income coming in. Yeah. So it's not just, okay... Um, I'm paying this whole mortgage by myself. My mortgage is less, way less than what my rent would be. Mm-hmm. And so I also have that I'm income sweating. <laughs> on top <laughs> of that. that. And then I also thought to myself, right, because it's my space that I live in is a duplex. So I had three bedrooms. I turned one into a closet. But if things didn't go well, I could also get a roommate and rent out a room and then think of that as another source of income where really if I wanted to, a roommate and my tenant could pay for the whole entire mortgage and I wouldn't have to pay anything. Well, you know that thing too that you're saying about relationships Relationships and even, you know, like you sending me that text being like, hey, my friend has this open. I feel like it, it makes me a little braver because my entire experience of what home ownership can be, if, you know, if I'm really honest, is from watching home improvement television <laughs> where <laughs> they, just, they you know, but they make it seem really easy, right? Like, oh, you flip a house and then you make so much money on it or yeah, you or here's how the process works. And so I think that like <laughs> talking to the people in your life really mm-hmm. and being like, oh, like actually that's television and this is this is real life because like one thing that you were really good about explaining to me about you know like all of the money that you need to get together is that there are all these unexpected costs like i didn't know about closing costs i like didn't know about you know like there's so many Possibly hidden costs PMI that you if you don't put down put enough money a certain down, amount of money, earnest you might money mortgage insurance yeah there's if you have any renovations that you want to do before you move into the space or anything of that nature you have to have uh, money in the bank also so after you close that they you yeah. See that you have a. So you mean you can't zero out your? No, account? you can't. No, because I definitely did that when I bought my house, and I was like, Dad, I need to borrow thirty thousand dollars. I'll pay you right back. I'll pay you right back. I will. Thirty thousand. Yeah, but he, you know, he had it saved up. He gave it to me, and I did give it back within a month. Actually, I gave back twenty four. I was like, I'm gonna keep six and then pay that back later. Yeah, I like to. Yeah, I mean, you never know what's gonna happen, I, and that's the thing as a homeowner, you never know what's gonna happen. And then I know. 
you you know, your home, your starter home isn't your forever home, but you might stay in there a little longer and you might want to make renovations right. or change the decor up and so forth. And that's the whole thing in itself is moving in and now you have to furnish the space. Yes, and are. so it's not just about I'm getting in here. Now I need couches. I need beds. I need dressers. I need to actually make it look like someone lives but here. But you don't have to get all that right away. You don't. But I just hate going to houses and I'm like... You you probably could have just waited because no, like I think it's okay to boys' room to not have all that right away. Because first of all, wherever you're at, you probably have some furniture you'll keep anyway, yeah. right? So you'll keep Unless that. You know, I already had my we bedroom furniture. You, you got to start over with that. <laughs> but certain things I already had, and I also think this was good too, right? In my apartment before I bought my house, I did buy certain pieces that I knew I would keep. Yeah. So when I was ready to buy a house, I had a brand new dresser that I hadn't had for that long. Uh-huh. I had nightstands. I was like, I know I'm gonna keep this when I move. I bought a new couch. So all of those things came with me. I think that's important too, to be mm-hmm. buying your pieces ahead of time, like buying these pieces that will last and are good investments. Right. So that when, when you are ready sale. to move into your home, you actually have things that you can take with you. Well, can I ask you guys a question though, as someone who I feel like you're pretty, maybe like settled where you're li- living. Yeah, I feel I'm not settled. Well, okay, <laughs> then let's, let's talk about it. But like, I think that for me, you know, and also like, you don't have to, like, I don't have to live in New York. I just live in New York right now. Mm-hmm. But one of the big blocks that I have also in home buying is do I just want to be you know like do I want to be here and so how much does like neighborhood matter how much does location matter and how much you know and how do you make a criteria for yourself of this is you know forget the money it's like emotionally like I will be happy like doing this did you have like a did you have a system for where you decided that you were going to buy in in the neighborhood that you bought in well first of all fortunately for me like I bought in Brooklyn and I'm from Brooklyn so I can see all the changes that's happening in the neighborhood Mm -hmm. and so that's important too like location is extremely important because that can dictate whether or not the value of your house is going to go up or down. Mm -hmm. And I think it's always good to look at neighborhoods that are up and coming. When you can see restaurants coming into the neighborhood, you know, they're about to build this, this restaurant move from, you know, one neighborhood to another. Brooklyn's a really unique market because there's neighborhoods that people can't afford to live here. So now they're moving here. Well, now this is too expensive. So now people are moving here. So you just have to pay attention to where those deals are coming, where are those new buildings coming in, where are those new businesses coming? And that's how you know when something's a good situation. I did that in Detroit with the houses I bought in Detroit. I looked at where are people moving to and where are they actually investing in the city into what neighborhoods. And I went to Boston Edison and I flipped a home there and it was a great situation for me. Yeah. I mean, and I know in LA, the thing about LA is it's really interesting. And, you know, I like to live in, I guess you consider them historically black communities and so forth. And so, um, right now I live in Inglewood and I love Inglewood. I lived in Bed-Stuy before I left New York. And so I wanted to find something as similar to that as possible. But one thing I can say about the housing stock here in LA is here in New York is it makes sense. If you spend $800,000 for a property here or, you know, a million, most likely it's going to be a multifamily unit. In LA, there are like million dollar two bedroom houses that have not been renovated since the 1960s. (laughs) I'm not doing that. I'm just not. So that's why I'm not settled in LA because I just can't wrap my head around that. Um, And I do personally feel that we're on the verge of another recession. And so I really want to wait to see how things kind of equalize before I invest in property because I feel that some people might experience a significant loss in the coming years and especially looking at the inflation that's happening in Los Angeles and so but community is really important if I have my dream home in Los Angeles it would be in the Windsor Hills Baldwin Hills Ladera Park 
er, like Ladera Heights. Yes, Ladera Heights. <laughs> I go to the park. I go to Ladera Park, but Ladera Heights area because I just there's just something about walking out and feeling like, oh, that could be my uncle. Black Beverly that, Hills. Black yeah, Beverly Hills. like the block <laughs> parties are amazing, and it's just yeah, it's it's beautiful. But I think that's the beautiful thing about home. And you have a child familiar. too, so I'm sure you think also about school. Well, yeah, and but where he's gonna I want be my kids. To, oh, okay, I don't. But you know, it is also the kids that he's playing with in the neighborhood and so forth, and the families that we interact with, mm-hmm. and what kind of community yeah. and tribe we're building around us. So that is important. Yeah, I mean, I think my takeaway from this conversation is that I really need to get serious about making my priorities. You know, it's like what is what is the what is the system that I have for myself? And do so, your research. That's all. That's all know. I'm saying is like get prepared now. So when it's time, because it is a huge purchase, and so when it's time for you to really do it, you feel educated on it, so that mm-hmm. it's just easier for you. You and know, I, you know how much you're pre-qualified for. You know how much you can yeah. afford. You know what your mortgage payments could. Which be. Which I did all of that last season, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, because you did. Like, do it, and now I'm like, I have to take the next leap. I think you should write your non-negotiables too, Amina. I think it's important to say these things are what are most important to me. When it comes into what community I live in, what kind of house I live in, mm-hmm. etc., um, and then you know when, that way you have something to measure against when you're looking at something. So you can say, you know what, my non-negotiables are not met here, so this isn't the right unit for me. Versus this is something that I could give on. Maybe community isn't important to you, but maybe you know, um, maybe it's a multifamily unit. Maybe there's you know accessibility. Maybe there's a backyard or some green space yeah. that comes along with the property. So you just have to write out your non-negotiables and get yourself a great real estate agent. And I hook you. Up. I love my realtor, but some Somebody that you can trust that also knows what you're looking for so you don't waste your time yeah. at looking at things that you wouldn't even consider. I love that you're going to hold my hand through this whole process. I'm going to dedicate <laughs> my it. housewarming I'm to you. To- <laughs> this is a house dedication <laughs> slash like, Thank you, Angela Yee. You helped me get through all of my stuff, and now I own a home. Now thank I'm just going to be back here eating the cheese. <laughs> <laughs> this is nice. <laughs> For the second half of this week's episode, we're talking to Rashida Gray, the founder of Grace Interior Design, based out of Philadelphia. Hey, Rashida. Hey, how are you? <laughs> She's an award-winning interior decorator who's been on HGTV, Good Day Philadelphia, and Architectural Digest. Ooh. She's also received the Best of House Award for every year that she's been in the business. Okay, yeah. okay. Now, give it up every I year. That. <laughs> That's like my dream job. So oh. welcome, Rashida. And <laughs> tell us you. a little bit about your journey and how you became an interior designer. Yeah, sure. So I'm so thank you for having me. I'm so excited to be here with each of you. Um, so I've been a designer for almost four years. Um, we, My firm is Gray Space Interior Design. We specialize in mostly residential and then small commercial interiors. Um, so we f- operate mostly out of Philadelphia, um, but we also do some um, online-based services as well for anyone who might not be local to the Philadelphia area. Um, And Philadelphia spans all the way to Jersey and Delaware and beyond, so... um, (laughs) (laughs) We do the entire eastern seaboard. (laughs) There you go. That's a better way to say it. But I haven't always been an interior designer. Oh, wow. Um, So this is a second career for me. Uh, I started in marketing um, for over 15 years and found that design was my passion and pursued it and just went to full-time in the business a few months ago. So it's been a great journey. So do people always come to your house and say, oh my gosh, this is amazing. All the time. And I didn't, it didn't click for me initially. Um, So I've always been like into painting my apartments and like, you know, whatever design I can do. And as a kid, I did it all the time. And it just never seemed like a career until I think I heard someone mention earlier, like the home 
channel network shopping yeah. networks like, and that kind of really thing. You're like, oh, there's oh. someone. That, there are interior designers. So um, it was an initial career choice, but then it clicked. And uh, yeah, people always comment about how my home looks and that kind of thing. Some people think it's really expensive to get an interior designer to come in and work with you. So if somebody's on a budget, what are some tips that you can give them? Yeah, um, a couple things. One, it is an investment. I always say that. Like, it's your home and you yeah. want to make sure that you're you're putting pride and quality into it. So true. Yeah, but I think a lot of um, designers will say that the best kind of design is not just expensive, but like a good mix of high, low, mm. things that you value that don't cost a ton of money. Um, so you can always take that approach. And then also we offer services like e-design, mm. which is like an online design option. Oh, cool. So if you don't want to spend a full design budget, you can always opt for an e-design option that's a little less expensive. And I'm sure you get great deals too. So you probably oh, yeah. know where you can go to get stuff and it actually might save people money. Right. Um, that's a good thing about designers working with a designer because um, we often get wholesale pricing on furniture and ah, things like that. Leaving out. Yeah. <laughs> so we like to share those kinds of discounts and savings with our clients. So it's that. very helpful when working with a designer. So right. do you have to, I'm, I'm so, I'm such a noob at this. So, because my feeling is that if you're going to hire an interior designer, you have to have a whole house that you're doing. But do people just come to you and they're like, I just want to do my bathroom or my bedroom or my the kitchen. What, what's, right. the, what's the most or popular room? Right. Yeah. Is there like a popular room time. that people like to just do one thing? Um, I would say it's kind of split between living rooms because, you know, it's the first thing that everyone yeah. sees when they yeah. walk in. And then bedrooms is another one that's really popular. So I think the reason that those two are popular is, of course, someone walks into your home, living rooms for first thing they see but mm -hmm. the bedroom is kind of like your piece like your yeah. place where up. you retreat um so i always say it's an investment but it's also a way to kind of treat yourself to hire a designer so if you do your bedroom it's kind of like my place my solitude so yeah but that's not to like talk you out of business but if somebody <laughs> is like me and they're like okay i don't quite have the you know like you price it out and you don't quite have the budget for it i feel that you know, there's a lot of um, DIY stuff that you can find on yeah. on social media. I have so many boards on Instagram and Pinterest oh, and stuff yeah. like that. Is there something that you would, you know, you would tell people like that's an easy thing that you can do yourself, for uh, example? Yeah, I um so I would say um, artwork can be really expensive when doing mm -hmm. a design project. Mm -hmm. um, and there's so many different options out there now with the Internet. So you could do something as simple as um, using fabric. And putting that into a frame, a picture frame, mm. and that now becomes a piece of artwork. I've seen folks who maybe, you know, you have a mother who your mom may have a scarf or something that or a dress that she wore that's been handed down. Yeah. You can frame that. And so now it's like a I part of this. your home and, and your has a story. story. Yes. And it's inexpensive. I always hear that the kitchen is one of the most important places in a home if you're talking about adding value to a home. So what are some spaces that really add value if you want to increase that? Maybe one day you might want to sell it or you know, just to even get a appraisal and have it appraised higher. What are some suggestions for renovating like the kitchen? And is that the most valuable space to actually renovate? Um, yes. You're right on with the kitchen. Kitchen and baths sell homes. And I think it's wow. because... Like that's the thing I look at. Yeah, the all the yeah. time. And because you spend a lot of time in the kitchen now, and especially with our homes now, 
the floor plans are more open. Mm-hmm. So kitchens are often a part of the living space yeah. as opposed to something in the back corner of the home. Um, so kitchens and bathrooms sell homes. I would always suggest to my clients, if they're thinking about moving in a few years and they want to renovate, that's where you want to put your money. Usually you get almost 100% return on both of those spaces, kitchens wow, and baths. Wow. Um, and then when renovating and you're thinking about selling, you want to kind of stick to neutral bases so that it's more appealing to a wide range of buyers. Um, but yeah, kitchens and baths for sure. Yeah. Ooh, Tanya, when you were doing your son's nursery, did you have, what were your considerations for how you were decorating that space? Hmm, um, Pinterest. <laughs> I use a Pinterest board. Yes. Um, so I, is a wide variety of different themes but in his room I didn't want it to be too childish um, but I also wanted to be somewhat neutral so there are um, like there are just certain pieces that actually might be in an older child's room that are in his room so that as he grows and it's so funny we really invested in his dresser mm. uh, I really was intentional about having mid-century modern furniture oh, in, his, yes. in his room so his dresser is a really really nice dresser and it's yeah. going to grow with him good uh, <laughs> and his rocking yeah. chair take it he has college. no choice yeah. <laughs> like, his dresser is stuck with yes. him um, and his rocking chair is like his rocking chair is something that we could take out of his room and put in other areas of our house after he decides he, you know, he, he doesn't need to be rocked to sleep anymore. So That's you wanted smart. that to like blend into your into your decor because I always right. feel that sometimes where I'm like, oh, like they don't make baby appropriate stuff for the rest of your house. You I know? didn't want it to be too. It's not a. It's not, not a like traditional Mickey child. Mouse or no. yeah. There's no <laughs> way. But you know what? I'm not a characters person. Even as a kid, I didn't like cartoon characters and stuff like that. So, so he's not going to like them because he has no choice. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. like, um, so no, yeah. He, and maybe that was my mom's intention in making sure that our furniture grew with us and grew with the household. Now, a lot of times people move into places just temporarily. It's not your forever home. As we've been talking about. So how do you make a temporary living space feel like home, even if it's just just for a little bit of time? Yeah. We were just talking about that, Amina, like yeah. making an apartment feel like Right. Home. A yeah. lot of people say, oh, I'm not going to work with a designer yet because I'm not going to stay here long or it's just an apartment or whatever. And my response to that is, you know, if you're paying for someone to li- somewhere to live, you want to make it very homey and feel as if you can stay there for a while. And I like to say you design with things that you can take with you. Right. Um, so again, invested in those solid pieces like a sofa, like a dresser um, that you can take with you. But another idea is to make it home in like a very um, quick and inexpensive way with pictures of family and friends throughout mm. the home. Um, gallery walls are all the rage now. Everyone loves a good gallery wall where you have a series of pictures on a wall and then you intertwine. You might intertwine like... Um, I don't know, a piece of artwork or something like that to kind of make a story around that gallery wall. So pictures, heirlooms from family, um, there's peel and stick wallpaper. Mm-hmm. So if you can't paint, you can use wallpaper and rip it off when you're done. Command strips are always good because you can hang with those um, and not damage walls. So I would say make it home as much as possible by bringing in things that remind you of family and friends. I have a question. So, yeah, I found that picture frames were a lot more expensive than yes. I realized they were. So do you have a favorite tip as far as saving on picture frames? Sometimes, like, you know, the artwork, sometimes the framing, you're like, you it's know so what? It's so expensive, right? Right. I, yes. I took something. Yes. To, I took something to get framed, and I did. I just didn't know. Right. I, I had to take yep. it home with me. I'm, like, I'm sorry. <laughs> I didn't know I couldn't come into the store because nobody told me. When before. they show me different, yeah. they have to show you those Ooh. different price yeah. points like, of the oh, frames, Mary. and you're like, wait a minute. Mary. Mm. 
Um, I would say you, of course, could do it yourself, but there's uh, retailers that have like coupons and things go on sale. Right. So I always try to there's get some the, like, startups for framing. Off. There's yeah. some framing startups. Um, and I would say, you know, just try to, um, of course, the bigger the frame is, the more expensive it is. Mm-hmm. So if you can compile several smaller versions of it, that might save some money as and well. And it's all different kinds of glass too. Like, yeah, there's the one that doesn't reflect and right. it's so expensive. What, can you tell we're about to start a framing business? Right. <laughs> <laughs> Here's something that's so crazy. I just got a bunch of things framed uh-huh. and the framer is actually trying to sell her business. She's like, if you know anybody that wants <laughs> to buy a framing, I'm mean, moving. I mean, I, Angela, you, I'm money telling you. Like, money framing. Thank you. Thank you, State Farm, for being uh, for, for letting us start a business. I have a question now for you because, like, I'm a renter, mm-hmm. and a lot of I, you know, lot, especially in New York, a lot of apartments you want to change so many things. Yeah, and you obviously have to get permission from your landlord. Sometimes I don't. I'm like, it's better to ask for forgiveness and to you know beg for forgiveness and ask for permission. But I was just wondering, like, if you could, what are really easy upgrades that you can make if you're a renter? That's not something that's permanent. Yeah, you like, know, on the this. wall right, that right. you can that you can change. Like I have, I traditionally have like changed a lot of the cabinets mm-hmm. of my place, but that's also an investment, right? You know? And then so, they get to keep it, and, right? And right. then they get to keep it. But I'm just wondering if there's just a way to like spruce up your space yeah. in a way you that you you can you do could that. paint. I love. I always say paint is the least expensive biggest change that you can make mm. in a home. Um, a couple of tips with paint though, because it can get tricky. So before I became a designer, I probably painted one of my kitchens like three times. Cause I was like, this isn't the right color. <laughs> so a couple of tips. One is always test out the color, mm-hmm. like no matter what. So test it and leave it on the wall for like morning, day and night. So you can uh, see how the light uh, looks. But do you have to prime it when you're testing it also? Uh, if your walls are dark, yes. But if you have white walls, you can just paint right on top of it. Another tip, especially for New York and Philly and areas where the cities are older, you have to use flat paint. Mm-hmm. That shiny paint. Yes, the shiny everything. paint will bounce off of I everything. Like shiny paint anyway. And the light, <laughs> you will see all the cracks and nail pops and everything else oh, that's involved. Man. So yeah. flat paint, to me, it's visually soothing yeah, too. Flat paint. Like yeah. shiny yeah. paint. And some people are like, well, you can't white flat paint. Well, if you get a good brand, usually, you know, regular. Not a high end brand, but a nice brand will be helpful. I'm fans of an ac- I'm a fan of an accent wall also. Yes, yes. I love it's accent wall. walls. Yeah. Yes, and I do that a lot with wallpaper. Mm-hmm. So yes. wallpaper is making a com- it has made a comeback. Yeah. It's like legit. Everyone uses it, and it's a good way. You can do it on accent wall. You can do it on the ceiling. Um, you can do it around the entire room. Again, pill and stick for apartments and that kind of thing. Right. Do they um, make it in the sheet sizes? So pound they make pill and it, stick work. It's like in a roll, so oh, it just, covers. Like Hold 50 up. square feet per roll, and oh. you can um, peel it and just put it on. Use a squeegee. I've wallpapered, and I'm not like super, super handy. So yeah, <laughs> okay. you're, you're making Usually me feel my, <laughs> my contractor handles all of those things, but it's not too bad to do it yourself. Yeah, and I love when people have wallpaper in the bathroom. Like oh, in the, that's awesome. Just like the half bathrooms, yeah. I think it looks really nice. It's a it's good like, way to do something that's that bold. Like you can use a graphic print. Like big flowers are like mm-hmm. birds on wallpaper Mm -hmm. and bold colors and it's just a small space so it doesn't make a big impact. So I have a question. What is the first thing you set up when you go into a new space? I mean, you have your wallpaper or you have your paint and everything. What's the first thing that you're like, okay, we need this next? Is it lighting? Is it oh. outlets? What is it? Okay, I'll, t- I'll tell you what I do last. I do paint last. I oh, always do paint wow. last. Okay, that's counterintuitive. After, yeah. 
after after we know what the plan is, then I select a paint color. So with oh. design, I always do design plans, and that helps. I would suggest that for the listeners too to start with the plan, like everything that you like, throw it on a PowerPoint, throw it on like a mood board or something yeah. like that, so you can see how it all works together. Mm. Um, but paint is last because there's a trillion paint colors, right. and you can combine any color to get a color if you don't see it. Um, but one of the first things I would say something that you use most would be the sofa or seating. Mm. You want to make the space as comfortable for you as possible. So if it's a bedroom, the bed. And if it's a living room, seating first, because that's really important. I've always done the reverse. Yeah. I pick my furniture out after the walls are painted. You're like, this has uh, to match the walls. Because yeah. <laughs> then you're like trying to make sure your furniture matches it's your It's true, paint. though. Then you, I can't fall in love with the couch because right. it doesn't match the paint. Yeah. And, Unless you do all neutral walls yeah. right? and you know your yeah. But some of the, like, you know, gray, you can have a gray that looks red or gray that looks blue. Yeah. So it's purple-ish. tough. Right. That's true. Now, for people who are looking for an interior designer, what are some ways they can get matched? up with somebody good what kind of questions should you be asking how would you recommend somebody select an interior designer um i would say a couple things of course you want to check out like their website and their portfolio and their reviews um but love reviews yeah oh, we're just talking about we were reviews. just reading reviews <laughs> great one so reviews are like super important yeah. referrals you can always ask you know for referrals of folks that they've worked with um but one thing that's important a lot of people don't realize is like personality matches yeah you spend a lot of time with a designer or a contractor i mean some of my projects projects go on for a year and a half two years wow. and so it's like a relationship i'm yeah. like listen yeah. we don't together now and I, <laughs> you know so just make sure that you have a good personality match with a designer um and then the reviews um and then just get a good idea of budget right um so a designer yeah. should be able to tell you this is what i think you'll need to do your project the way that you want to and would that include also the designer fee whenever yeah. you give that budget okay Absolutely. that's helpful to know well you know i think also those relationships go both ways yeah if um like what's the best thing that somebody can do to be a a good client to a, you know, to a designer? Like, should you have a mood board? Should you like, how do you, how do you even, you know, develop that vocabulary to say like, what do I want? What do I need? And how do we set expectations so that it works well together? Right. I love when I go to a consultation, that's the first time I meet the client and they have a Pinterest board. I'm like, yes, you did your homework (laughs) because it's so difficult when someone doesn't really know what they want. Mm. And we have tricks on how to figure out what they like. Like, there's there will be times we were talking about closets that I will go into a potential client's closet to see what colors are there, what they wear, what patterns, yeah. because that can translate into their home as well. So if you don't have a Pinterest board or a house board or anything like that, that's fine. But that's super helpful. Um, and then also, I would say a good idea on budget, um, a realistic timeline um, and then just the ability to trust the process and trust the designer um we're typically creative people and so we like to kind of flow and 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 if you are reaching out to that person because of the internet you've already done your research and you're like okay i like what they do so you just have to trust the process sometimes people are probably like oh just whatever you decide to do right even know what i'm doing right but then you start doing stuff and they're like i don't like it oh everybody (laughs) knows what they don't like yeah they don't know what they do like that might be important (laughs) to have a good understanding as a client of what you don't that's like very you true. don't want in your 
your house. We even ask things like before meeting with the client about like your ideal vacation spot. And like, um, you know, we'll figure out their design style and, you know, what your, what function you need in the space. So as designers, we do a little digging too before meeting with the client. One thing that meant a lot to me in my house was lighting. Like as far as I have chandeliers everywhere. Yeah. Like above the dining room. In your closet. Yes. (laughs) But I love that. Like I love that we have, I think the lights just really define the character of the room too. Right. Yeah. There's multiple types of lighting. You always have your ambiance lighting, which is your overhead lighting. Mm -hmm. And then you have task lighting. That's like a lamp on a, table yeah. or at a desk. Task yeah. I didn't even realize it's a light. Your task. Right. Yeah. It's not like, babe, turn on the task light, please. Now I know. Now I know. Everything has a word. It's so important. No, the task light. And even like um, light bulbs and the way that they give out certain colors. Mm-hmm. So there is like soft white, which really is a yellow colored light bulb. Yes, light. me yeah. too. <laughs> I like bright white You like daylight colored looking lighting, which has a blue you can undertone to it. Yeah. Yep. I, I like only purchase those light bulbs yeah. in my house now. It's like, super I do important. not like yellow lighting. Light. Will make or break a room. And I have a pink Instagram. light that I like. Red light special. Uh, it's you very, like it's just like very smooth. <laughs> yeah. just I just feel like if you Instagram in your house or right. if you're doing flat lays and stuff like that <laughs> in your house, you need that white <laughs> you light. Do. You don't have to go outside. Like, you do, you like in my dining room, I have the yellow sort of light because that's like a mood, a mood. setting mm-hmm. space. Yeah. But like in my office, I have the brighter light. Okay, good to know. Yeah, that's good to know. I just I like that it's a collaborative process. Oh, yeah. You know, absolutely. And so, and you probably learn a lot about yourself while you're doing that. Yep. Yeah. We always like it's important. Like as designers, it's important to get to know the client because it's their home and they're going to be there for a while. So you want them to feel like it's their home. You just help to execute that vision. Right. I'm yeah. sure you get a lot of referrals from people coming to someone's house and saying, I love what you did with the place. Right. Oh, well, let me put you on. <laughs> right. Oh, right. Yeah. That's like, the best I, way like, to do I know it. someone. Right. Because the, you've already built trust with that person. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I don't know about you guys, but like if a friend tells me about something, I'm like, all right, I'm more willing to try it yeah. than, you know, just, you know, a random person on Instagram or something like that. Definitely. Yeah. I feel like you're making me feel very calm about this I'm whole, ready to go get to work. <laughs> Design, right? I know. So, yeah. like, you know, let's do our let's do our money meditation together. Yes. So, you know, we're all gonna center ourselves and just take some deep breaths. And if you're at home, I suggest you do the same thing. Um, and for today's money meditation, we're going to build our dream homes. So, take a moment to imagine where your home is. Is it a bungalow by the beach? Is it a penthouse that's overlooking a downtown? Is it a farmhouse on a countryside? Is it a huge compound where your friends and your family would have all the places to spend the night? Or maybe it's just a tiny home with just enough space for your tiny family. (laughs) Just think about what that is for you. (laughs) Definitely not the tiny home. (laughs) (laughs) And I was like, I have meditated enough. (laughs) That's not even enough for me. (laughs) Hmm. Oh, do I start? Okay. Yeah. Okay. Tell will you, will you tell me about your dream home? Yeah. Well, dream homes, plural. Ooh. Yes. Because, <laughs> but I would say primary. Okay. So my primary place of lodging, I actually like ranch style homes. Mm-hmm. Um, it would be Spanish style architecture. Mm-hmm. I, I really want um, that Spanish style flooring. I'm in love with those floors now. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's on hope in LA right now. So um, a palm tree lined street. Is really important to me with a beautiful um, 
landscaped back door area, backyard area with drought resistant um, plants and foliage. Wow, well, you really planned that. Uh, <laughs> I know. That was a list of non-negotiables. That was the point of it. I, I really want that for you, Tony. That's <laughs> yeah. beautiful. You're going to get it. Yes. I yeah. I love that. Well, for myself, I've always loved brownstones. Obviously, I'm from Brooklyn, and brownstones growing up in Brooklyn is like the be-all, end-all. So, And I love tall, tall ceilings, and that's part of the reason why I love a brownstone. So I would love to have one with four floors. (laughs) (laughs) One for the closet. Right, because I would love more space with a finished basement that could be like a rec room area. And I would love to have a pool in my backyard. Because uh, I can't swim. Maybe I can learn how to swim. Yeah, I'm going to teach you how to swim. Let's do that. But I think backyard space is really important, too, just to have a space to, you know, I'm very into entertaining also. Mm -hmm. So that's important to me. And I love original details. So when I talk about brownstones, I don't want like a super modern looking house. I love houses that have original details, Mm -hmm. that have just huge spaces, huge tall ceilings, like just really grand. I see it, like the doors, the beautiful doors that just open up. Yeah, French doors. I love French doors. Yes, and I love the windows that just like the wooden windows that you can open up. Oh, I love those windows. Yeah, Yeah. and chandeliers, of course. Brass. Chandeliers. Brass. Walking closet. This question is so funny to me because I get so stuck on what city will it be in? But I think, you know, I'm going to I'm going to remove that from the equation. Um, I was in Japan over Christmas and New Year's and the homes there are so uh, they're so architectural. Mm -hmm. And I really fell in love with just like concrete as a building material. And uh, and I'm like, that's actually what I want. I want a house that is like mostly concrete. I want it to be very soft inside, but I want the house itself to be a strong I want it to be a strong look. I yeah. want a bold look, sharp lines, mm-hmm. like beautiful angles, light that is just like traverses through yeah. beautiful <laughs> spaces. But I, um, I like a really peaceful inside. Like I'm a, you know, my bed is always white. My sheets are always white. That's what I want. And I want, a, I want enough space for all of my people to be able to just come through. Yeah. You know, yeah, like yeah. I'm just like, I want, yeah. I, uh, I, you know, I love a second or a third bedroom. I want a space that I can work in. You know, I want my office to be in my, like I work from home most of the time. So I want, that's, that's what I'm really going after. I want it to be really peaceful and I want a space for all my books to live. I have so many books. I'm like, I am ready for the, but like, I want my books to live somewhere. This is a yeah. house for me and my book children. <laughs> Your book babies. I think books are like great artwork too. Yeah. They, they are. are. I do because yeah. I definitely have bookshelves all over in my house. Yeah, and I mean, I have, and all of my books have a huge significance mm-hmm. to me. Like, if you're a book that I've read and I didn't love it, I probably pass it on to someone. Right. If you're you know, like if, if it's your a, book, <laughs> right? Like I'm like this is the that's that's you know all of the books in my house are books that I've read and I love, oh, and so right. it has like such a significance for me. But I just yeah, I'm like you, I want a pool. Yeah, yeah that'd I be really nice. I want. We're p- talking about dreams. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, it's yeah. dreams. But I, I really yeah. want a place where like all of my friends' kids can just be like dropped off and have a good time. Yeah. I'm like I want to be that house. Yeah, where you're like cool. we have dinner, we hang out, we have breakfast, we just right, yeah, just like want people to come over. That's that's the house I want. Yeah, that's what it's about. I too would love a home where it's like super huge. So if you like walk through the front door, I want the double staircase that yes. I <laughs> <laughs> I 
like want the, the door to open house. like my robe to blow in the breeze. Yes. Yes. I think I'm gonna yes. <laughs> But I just really would love a place that's, like you said, big enough to host family and friends all the time. I entertain mm-hmm. all the time. So, and then like the lower level where you can drop the kids and just let yeah. them live and right. not worry about things getting broken. Video but like, right. <laughs> but like the room where it's all white and glass and oh, beautiful. Yes. Yes. I like that. <laughs> and kitchen to be open. Yeah. I'm like, I'm not a big cook every day, but when it comes to like big holidays and entertaining, I love to cook that way. So I would yeah. love a big open kitchen yeah. as well. And to all windows, lots of great details, like a brick wall. Mm-hmm. That's I amazing. Love yeah. I love yeah. You're right. I want to be the yes. Thanksgiving house. Yes. Thank you for, yeah, That's I know right. that. Yeah. That's on my list of non-negotiables. There now. you go. Yeah. Yep. We're building that list out. We're building. I think that, that's good. The meditation helps. Hopefully it helps someone else build their list of non-negotiables and what they really want in a living space. Yeah. Right. Well, we do want to hear what you came up with. So let us know your response to this week's money meditation just by posting on social media. Make sure you use that hashtag, hashtag live colorful with two L's at the end of full. So that's live color and full with two L's at the end. Thanks for listening and make sure you tune in to next week when we're going to get into the things that you should know before traveling. Colorful Lives presented by State Farm is a loudspeaker studio production in association with the marketing arm. Our producer is Matt Raz. Our executive producers are Chris Morrow and Matt Raz. Colorful Lives was recorded at Hangar Studios in New York City. Our audio engineers are Emily Duff and Rich Serbini. Our show is mixed, mastered, and edited by Dwayne Crawford. Our video switcher is Jack Dixon. Camera operators are Benson Vincent and Christopher Sonny Martinez. Our production assistants are Otto Oli and Timar France. Don't forget, if you're only listening to the podcast, there's even more to see on State Farm's YouTube channel. Log on to experience colorful lives in a whole new way.